Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this Christmas edition of the Lightning Insider Podcast. Did I just say that? Yes. Yes, I did. I'll explain why uh, here in a little bit as we get into recapping Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. Won by New York by a score of 4-3, to three, a late goal from Brock Nelson. Won the game for the Islanders, broke the tie with about three and a half minutes to go. Not quite as dramatic of an end as it was for Tampa Bay's victory in Game 2. But the Lightning do still hold a 2-1 series lead heading into Game 4. That will be on Sunday afternoon on NBC. That's a 3 p.m. puck drop, so please take note of that. It's a 3 p.m. puck drop on Sunday for Game 4. I know there will be a lot of uh, conflicted viewers here in the Tampa Bay area. Not necessarily you guys, the hardcore Lightning fans, but there will be a lot of interest in Tom Brady's debut for the Bucks on Sunday in New Orleans against the Saints, which, of course, kickoff for that game is 425. But again, the Lightning will play at 3 p.m. Uh, a couple of topics I want to touch on uh, today. Uh, first of all, we'll, we'll talk about the Alex Kalorn suspension and why I feel that the league got it right but still got it wrong at the same time, and I'll, I'll explain why on that one. Um, the situation with Nikita Kucherov at the end, we'll touch on that. I know there's some questions involving that, uh, so we'll we'll get to to those questions. Um, but to to hear again, you know, you talk about culture of sports and um, you know, applauding a player for continuing to take runs, not be physical, but to take runs at players. Um, it's it's a problem with this league. It's it's a situation, you know, where there's a reason why there are certain players who can shine at the postseason because the game changes in the postseason. And um, that's a little bit of an example like that. So we'll, we'll talk about that. And then of course the most important part is uh, what happened in this game, why the Tampa Bay ended up on the wrong end of a four, three loss, even though they did rally from down two goals in the third period to tie the game. They got a, a power play goal from Andre Palat and then a, deflected goal from Tyler Johnson that tied it uh, about midway through the third period, just past the midway point of the third period. We're not able to hang on to that, though, as I mentioned, the um, Brock Nelson goal and what happened on that play. So we'll, we'll get into that. That's that's part of this, uh, this whole Christmas uh, in September edition of the show here today. Uh, let's start with Alex Kalorn because it's obviously a storyline. Uh, already without Braden Point, we didn't learn about Braden Point's status until Warm up when he wasn't out there for warm up, uh, so we'll we'll talk a little bit about that because I know there's a question or two, so we'll get to that at the end of the uh, the show here today. 
Um, but the Kaloran suspension, and you know, we talked about it after game two. I talked about it with Jay Retcher uh, on the post game Facebook that we do on 95.3 WDAE's Facebook page. But the, it's it's a suspendable hit. It's it, as I mentioned, it, it checked off a lot of boxes. It was late. It was from behind. It was an unsuspecting player, um, you know. And then he drove him into the boards. So there's a lot of things wrong with it. So it's the right call in terms of a suspendable play because I think it was a suspendable play. I, I guess the issue you have to have with it is, and it's, it comes up all the time. Where's the consistency? Because you can't tell me that the hit that Nick Ritchie put on Yanni Gord in the second round wasn't worse than this because that was a violent hit. That was a violent hit from an unsuspecting player, and it, it was further away from the board. So in my mind, that is more dangerous because he 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 goes into the boards with such force that I think that is actually a worse hit than what Kalorn put on Brock Nelson. And Richie got a five-minute major, and the Lightning did score on that power play. So they did take advantage of it. But that's it. Richie got the five-minute major. There was no game misconduct. So essentially for Kalorn, this is a two-game suspension. Because the play happened at the, I think it was the 555 mark of the first period. So basically he missed the game already. So in a sense, it's a two-game suspension. If you want to equate what would have been in the regular season to a playoffs, usually it's double, right? So in essence, it's a four-game suspension for Kalorn if you want to equate it to what it would be in the regular season. And then you look at some other hits that the Lightning have absorbed in these playoffs. The hit that Nick Foligno put on Mikhail Sergachev in the first round where he came from behind, led with the elbow, came off his skates, and drove his head in the boards. Again, hit him in the back, saw his numbers. It wasn't even a penalty. Didn't even get a hardly a look at from player safety. The cross-check that Pierre-Luc Dubois gave to Nikita Kucherov in the series against Columbus. Again, a worse hit. Violent, from behind, forceful into the boards. Again, not a penalty. And then you see that, and that's, and that's the problem. Because again, I think it's a suspendable hit. So the league got the call right. But again, where they got it wrong was the comparison. And, you know, I, like, I, I had this debate with my son, and everything is comparables. Nothing, nothing, nothing is done in a vacuum. Everything is precedent. Law is based on precedent. But why should the NHL be any different? Yet yeah, you view everything as an independent act, but the punishment is supposed to be within the parameters of what has been set before. What's the precedent here? And I don't think, based on everything we saw, I think this was outside the precedent that the league had already established. And that's the problem. You don't know when the league is going to break free from what they've already told you is, is the way to do things. So a situation where the league got it wrong, even when they got it right. So that's my view 
of the Alex Kalorn situation. All right, the Nikita Kucherov one. Okay, star player, best offensive player, especially in a game where Tampa Bay is missing two top six forwards. Brain Point has been fantastic throughout this postseason. He is uh, probably right at the top of the conversation for the Conn Smythe. He has been driving this team in many ways. So when you miss him, you know, Carter Verhage and Mitchell Stevens, they're not filling his role. So, of course, the Islanders are going to try and take Nikita Kucherov off his game. But here's the problem that I have. At some point, you're going to tell me that Matt Martin or Cal Clutterbuck or J.G. Pajot or none of those guys crossed a line to create a penalty. And then you look at the first call of the game that went against Tampa Bay where Mitchell Stevens, one-handed, had a tap on the glove and got called for slashing. But J.G. Pajot could continually slash Nikita Kucherov. Matt Martin can continue to take runs at Nikita Kucherov. And then for NBC, the league's partner, to come out and continually laud, praise Matt Martin for doing it, it's it's a problem that a lot of people have with the game, is that you can play one way in the regular season and then it's completely different in the postseason. You know, look, I know there's more at stake. There's there's you know everybody's playing for the playoffs. You're playing to compete for a Stanley Cup. All that's on the line, but the it, but they continue to to be able to get away with it. And again, a, a soft a soft tap on the hand is a slash. But continuing to take runs, I mean, Nikita Kucherov had blood all over the front of his jersey. There were a couple of shots you saw it, you know, halfway through the game that he had blood. Did, did do they think he cut himself? You know, and then again to praise the other team's performance. Yep, you got to target the key player. You got to target him. You got to hit him. You got to hit him. You got to go out of your way to hit him. I'm not crazy about it. And then. You know, and again, we'll get to this because, you know, there was an incident at the end of the game where Nikita Kucherov, uh, as Pajot pulled away for an empty net goal that iced the game that made it 5 3, he took a whack at Pajot's ankle. It wasn't a vicious, it wasn't a two hander, it wasn't with a ton of force, right? But then where do, where do you think that comes from? Where do you think that frustration stems from? Well, the scoreboard's part of it. But because he's getting hacked and whacked and, and, and knocked around the entire game and he's getting no protection. The league does a terrible job of protecting their stars. I'll even go back to, the, to Sidney Crosby at the Winter Classic when he was rocked by David Steckel. Steckel got nothing for that. He cold cocked Sidney Crosby with an elbow at open ice. And he got nothing for it. No supplemental discipline, nothing. The league does a poor job of promoting and protecting their stars. And instead, we praise Ryan Reeves. We praise Matt Martin because they're physical, old school players, right? And look, they're both effective players. I'm not calling either one of them dirty players. But they get elevated to this status when Ryan Reeves plays seven, eight minutes a game. 
You know, Jonathan Marsh's show should be a great story for the Vegas Golden Knights. Free agent, bumped around, became a 30-goal scorer in Florida, lands this big contract as a main part of Vegas' success. But instead, we're going to praise Ryan Reeves because he talks a lot on the ice and because he hits people. Well, that tangent, I got off on that tangent big time. Uh, but that's to me, that's a problem with what uh, this league kind of goes through on, on many occasions is they, they laud too much of that style of play rather than letting the beautiful part of the game. I, look, I'm not saying physicality has to be taken out of the game, not by any stretch. It's, it's the, it's the over-the-top physicality. And, and the fact that we don't praise Nikita Kucherov for the pass he made to Andre Palat tonight to set up the second goal to make it 3-2. You know, we don't praise Nikita Kucherov enough for being able to find the open spot on the ice to score the game-winning goal in Game 2 with 8 seconds on the clock. There's not enough of that, and I think that's wrong. I think the league needs to do much better in promoting their star players, and that also means protecting them at times as well. I'm not saying he can't touch them. I'm not saying he can't hit them. But to continually hack and whack and go at him, I mean, how many times can Nikita Kucherov get slashed up around the hands and no call gets made? So again, he felt in some ways he was standing up for himself because the officials weren't doing it. So, uh, and I know there's a question about that a little bit later, so I'll, 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 I'll save the rest of that comment for the question. All right, so to the actual game itself. So I think John Cooper really summed it up best in his post-game Zoom call with the media, that, and I've said this before, the team that has the best chance to beat the Lightning are the Lightning. Because when they don't manage the puck very well, when they have moments of their game sags, and there's momentum shifts in game, especially in the playoffs. There are momentum shifts. But in this case, what happened in this game, and this is why I call it the Christmas edition of the show, because John Cooper even said it, they gift-wrapped this game to the Islanders because of some of their play at certain moments in games. And in particular, the five, six-minute stretch, starting with the slash call to Mitchell Stevens through the second Islanders goal of the second period, that made it 3-1. to one. The lighting sagged. So it's not that the the Islanders turned it up and Tampa Bay couldn't match it. It's the lightning dropped. Their game fell off, and you can see it. And I put this out on my Twitter page. The um, game flow. The game flow picture. You can see exactly in this game where the lightning sagged. Because it happened... Again, it happened right before the Islanders scored their first goal. But it really happened in the second period. And while the Lightning did kill off the Stevens call, they scored two more goals within a span of two minutes. So Adam Pellick scores at 11.50 and Anthony Beauvillier scores four on four at 13.50. And that was a sag. That was enough of a sag for the Islanders to take advantage. And then, of course, the egregious one, which led to Brock Nelson's game-winning goal with 
325 left on the clock. Ryan McDonough, veteran player, knows better, put Barclay Goodrow in a tough spot with a pass up the middle. And and here's where you have to question exactly what McDonough was doing. Because, you know, if you're under duress and you're trying to get the puck out of danger, you can almost excuse a play like that. But he was under no pressure. I mean, he was under no pressure. And, you know, maybe his his view was was blocked of what was taking place behind Goodrow, right at the right at the center spot of the blue line just inside Tampa Bay zone. So maybe he's screened, he can't see what's coming behind him. But the but the difference is there's no reason. Make sure. Make sure of what's there. Don't think you know what's there. Know what's there. And I think he thought. Yeah, it looks looks clear. And and again, it's it's a quick, fast paced read and reaction game. But you don't go up the middle of the ice unless you're sure, or you're under duress. And he wasn't under duress. He had plenty of time to even take a couple of strides out of the ice. You don't need to rush the play there. You don't need to rush out of your zone. You don't need to start. You know, the Islanders, I believe, were changing behind the play. But so there's no rush to try and take advantage of anything. Play the game smart. They didn't play it smart in that situation. Ends up costing them the game in a situation where, you know, the Islanders are a tough team to come back against. And the Lightning did it down two goals entering the third period. They came back and tied it. Tyler Johnson's goal comes with 7.56 left to potentially send this game to overtime. And the Lightning have had a lot of success in the OT. Didn't get to that point and ends up being the difference and ends up costing them the game. So that's where it was a gift rack game. And and it's it's one of those things where, you know, the stats kind of are misleading because when we hear about mismanagement of the puck and turning the puck over, the Lightning were only credited with nine giveaways, and the Islanders were only credited with six giveaways. So you want to count that as fifteen turnovers. Whereas the Islanders were credited with nineteen giveaways, and the Lightning had three takeaways, so that's twenty two. So if you're going to talk about Turnover margin. NFL started last night, or started the other night. If you want to talk about turnover margin, the Lightning were on the plus side of that. It's just the ones that they turned the puck over were just in bad spots on the ice, and especially, especially that one by Ryan McDonough. And again, that wasn't even credited as a giveaway. So again, a subjective stat, uh, but that's where the the gift wrap comes in. Because here's the thing, you had to like the way the Lightning played this game, for the most part. You can't take away the turnovers, you can't take away McDonough's pass, I get that. But if you're, if you're going to look at the game as a whole, the 5-on-5 five five shot attempts were 69-48 in favor of Tampa Bay. So we've said it again, keep the game 5-on-5, five five, you've got a good chance to play, you've got a good chance to win. And they control a lot of the puck, 5-on-5, five five, which equates to 59% of the puck possession. And they won the puck possession battle in every single period. 30-22 to 22 in the first period, 22-13 in the second, 17-13 in the third. And that's 5-on-5. Five five. You want to go even strength because there was 4-on-4? Four 74-53 four, were the final shot attempts for Tampa Bay. So we're still right in line with that. You know, and the Islanders did not score on their power play. You know, they only had actually four total shot attempts on their power play. So, 
Um, again, five-on-five five play. You had to have liked the way the Lightning possessed this game. It's just it's just when they did turn the puck over, it was in bad spots, and then, of course, the last one stands out. So I'm going to sit here and say I totally agree with John Cooper that they gave this game to the Islanders. Not that the Islanders didn't earn it, but what the Islanders did earn, the Lightning put on a platter for them. Or gift-wrapped it. we get, we got to stick with the analogy here. They gift-wrapped it. And the Islanders are more than happy to take the bow off and open the present. And it, it ends up being the difference in the game. So I guess what I'm saying is, is if if the series continues to play out like this, if the Lightninger can continue to have the puck 60% of the time, I'll take my chances, especially in a game where they didn't play or, or Braden Point was unable to play and, the, and Alex Kalorn was ineligible to play. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. Again, take that for what it is. Christmas edition. That's my gift to you. The Lightning played a good game. When you look at a lot of, of the numbers in the advanced numbers, and in, uh, in particular, uh, even going off of the expected goal rate, I know a lot of people... Uh, like to look at that. They actually won that battle as well. The high danger chances they had more, 15 to 12. The scoring chances they had more, 29, 26. So a little more even in those aspects, which again comes into play with how the Lightning kind of set them up for a lot of these situations by their puck management. It's an area where they've been much, much better in the past. All right. Uh, let's get to uh, your questions. Uh, before we do, I want to remind you of a couple of uh, uh, opportunities for promo codes. Uh, first, I uh, hope you continue to check out the Smack Apparel. Uh, go to smackapparel.com. If you use the code 2020BOGO, that's 2020BOGO, you get buy one, get one free on anything they have in stock. That includes Tampa Bay gear, but there's NFL, there's NCA stuff too. Some really good stuff on there. Um, like to say again, congratulations to Joyce who won a t-shirt through the trivia contest that we had. We'll have another one. I'll come up with another uh, question, um, for the post game podcast on Sunday. We'll do another trivia question or something along those lines for another t-shirt giveaway. So make sure you're listening for Sunday. Uh, we'll do another one of those. Uh, but again, if you go to smackapparel.com, use the code 2020 B O G O at checkout, you'll get buy one, get one at off of anything in the in stock for smackapparel.com. And of course, if you want to sign up for my website, if you use the pod, podcast code, when you sign up for a year, if you use promo code podcast, I'll give you $10 off your first year uh, for a yearly subscription. So I hope you take advantage of that as well. All right, to the questions we go. And um, a lot of them, as always, and I appreciate it. This is uh, one of my favorite parts of the show is to be able to connect and talk with everybody. Uh, we'll we'll touch here on a couple from uh, Mike Musetta um, involving Tyler Johnson. So we'll combine the both. Uh, Tyler Johnson looks more engaged playing center, uh, plays so much better when he's at center instead of the wing. Need to find a place for him to be center. Uh, that's look. If if you read what I had on my website, uh, the story that I wrote uh, ahead of this game. I expected Tyler Johnson to be moved back to the center. They need it. They need a way to kind of get him sparked offensively. He needs to be a guy who contributes, and he hasn't done a ton of it. 
Uh, his goal tonight was a huge goal at the time. A nice deflection of Eric Chernak's shot. Uh, it was reviewed. It was borderline, but uh, because he deflected the puck down, uh, the puck counted. It was a tying goal. Uh, it was a huge goal at the time. That's only a second goal of the playoffs. A two in the round robin, but only a second of the playoffs, and he hadn't scored since game five against the Columbus Blue Jackets. He actually had the first goal of the game uh, in that clinching game five. But I look, I because I, I thought he looked more engaged. I thought he did uh, need to kind of get back to that center. He's a natural center. I don't think he's crazy about playing at the wing, uh, but he's done it. Uh, there's so much depth on this team, and there's so much center depth at this team. Remember, Steven Stamkos is playing wing. That's how much depth the Lightning have is that Steven Stamkos was pushed to the wing for most of the year. When you've got a, a, a Braden Point and you've got an Anthony Sorelli down the middle, it's hard to find ice time. And they've liked the way that Yanni Gord has played at center as well. So it's hard to find. Where are you going to play him? If you're going to move him to center and still try and find a way for him to get top six minutes, even top nine minutes, where are you going to play him? That's a difficult decision. Uh, I liked him at center tonight. We'll see what happens for Sunday's game. Uh, but I thought that with, especially with uh, Kaloran being out and the potential of uh, point being out, which it, it ended up being the case, I anticipated he would be moved back to the middle tonight. Uh, from Tony, uh, sloppy defensive plays cost us tonight. Are you expecting the guys to be fired up for game four, expecting point back also? Yeah, look, it's all about how you respond, right? So how are the Lightning going to respond uh, are they going to have the opportunity to uh, correct their mistakes? Because there was mistakes. There were mistakes made in this game, and it didn't end up costing them for sure. Um, but how do you respond? This team has shown that they can respond. I expect them to come out and play better with their puck management. That's the big area they needed to clean up uh, in this one. Uh, as far as Braden Point, again, it's so hard to tell because of the this whole setup and there's no independent media. We got something rare today, though. We got some video of the team's morning skate. Probably won't get one on Sunday because it's an afternoon game. I don't know if we'll get practice video tomorrow because a team will practice uh, as well tomorrow. And we'll see if we get an update on point status. But because we got the video of Braden Point, we at least saw him on the ice. Didn't get to see if he took line rushes. Didn't get to see how much skating he did. But there was a quick clip of him on the ice. And I think that has to be encouraging. Uh, knowing how this team is, I'm I'm guessing, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that he was held out because there was a, they had a 2-0 lead. I think if this is a 1-1 series, I get the feeling he could have played. But they had the luxury of a 2-0 lead. You rest them up. You got the afternoon game on Sunday. That gives you an extra however many hours of rest before game five on Tuesday, which will most likely be an 8 o'clock start. That's my guess. I, I can't say that for sure. I'm trying to read the tea leaves. I'm trying to read between the lines. That's the guess that I have is that I would expect, based on the information that we have available, that Brain Point, could be back for Sunday's Game 4. Uh, from Eric, who spells his name different and funny. Just kidding. Uh, this may sound stupid, but do you think Sunday is a must-win? I dread this team's mindset if the Islanders tie the series at 2. I, look, it's not a must-win. I think you'd like to win it. I, I don't agree with momentum in series. 
I mean, did Vegas have momentum because of how they won game two against Dallas? Not really. They lost game three. So I, I, I'm not going to call it a must win. I think you play the way you did today. You take your chances that you're going to have a good chance to win the game. But I'm not going to call it a must win. And the mindset of this team, I think you got to throw that out the window. This is a different team. right? They lost game one against Boston. They give up a late goal in game two that forces overtime after they had to rally twice to come back and take the lead. The, the, the mindset is different with this team. Uh, they, there's just a different resiliency factor with them. I would not concern myself at all if the Islanders win game two. Then it becomes the best of a three series, and the Lightning have two of those games on quote-unquote home ice. And the way the matchup game went in games one and two, and even tonight, because of the 7-11, and 11, the Lightning, other than, than the than the line that had Pajot, Clutterbuck, and Martin on it tonight, that line, I've said it before, they typically give the Lightning fits, and they did it again tonight. Other than that, they controlled the rest of the game. So even when the Islanders had the matchup situation, plus the way that John Cooper handled the 11 forwards, you saw guys mixing and matching all game long. To me, that's advantage Tampa Bay. So if you can do that in the games where you control the matchups more often, I I would not overly concern myself if for some reason they do find a way to drop game four. But we're not even getting there. Again, play the way they did tonight. I'll take my chances. Uh, For Mark Handers, uh, I feel crazy writing this, but do you expect something for Kucherov? Also, being able to find uh, the Stevens fail clear on the 2-1 goal. And this might be opportunistic, but what would you think about uh, Sergeyev at forward, not for the series, but in general? Okay, so we'll take them one at a time. No, I don't expect anything to happen in Kudukucha. Like this was not. I, I don't. I, I don't understand if if we're gonna allow Matt Martins to run around to make plays and you know target people the entire game. If we're gonna allow JG Pajot to continually take slashes just because it's during the run of play. And then we're going to react this way. And I'm not saying you, Mark. I'm just saying I certainly see a lot of people who have reacted this way to the situation. To me, that wasn't even that bad. Yeah, he gave him a whack to the ankle. He didn't rear back. He didn't go Dale Hunter on him. Like, this wasn't anything that really crossed the line too much. It pushed the line. Didn't cross the line. I'd, it's because, you know, we react to what happened at the end of the game. <sighs> I mean, I'm I am a, I'm new school thinking when it comes to trying to take some of the this bad stuff out of the game, but at the end of the day, it's still playoff hockey, and there's still emotions involved. So, no, I don't expect anything to come out of this situation. I I've been wrong before. I didn't think Alex Glomer was going to get suspended. I thought his ejection was enough of a penalty. I was wrong on that one, but I really would be shocked. I would be absolutely shocked. If there's anything, and at worst, at worst, it's a fine. It's it's like Batch, Max Pacioretty uh, with the slash that he had at the end of the game in round two against Vancouver. I think it was round two. Might have been round one. Might have been against Chicago. You know, he had a slash. So at worst, at worst, it's a fine. That's it. Um, you know what? I haven't had a good chance to go back and look at the Mitchell Stevens uh, one. I haven't gone through the tape to look at it. Uh, I've seen a lot of people tell me it was a, it was a, he has to be harder on the puck. And, um, you know, that led to, uh, I believe it was the second Islanders goal. 
uh, right after he came out of the penalty box. Um, so I didn't see it, but I'm basing that off of what I've seen enough people who I know and trust uh, who said that. Uh, and then the last one, uh, Mikhail Sergachev at forward, not a chance. Not a chance. He's a stud defenseman. He's only 22 years old. He's going to be Victor Hedman light when he starts to get to 25, 26 years of age. Uh, no way. He is too valuable. And remember, defensemen play more minutes. Right? They play 22, 25, 26 minutes a night, and that's Sergachev's ceiling as a number one, number two type of defenseman. So no way. No way he goes to forward. Uh, from Mike Busetta, again, McDonough has to know that pass up the middle is not what he has to do when a pass along the boards is wide open, just a horrible turnover. Well, there wasn't a pass open up the up the boards because there was a change going on. I, I'd have to go back and look to verify that. But again, he wasn't under any pressure. That, to me, is the biggest thing. He, It felt like he forced that play. He knows better. And, and you know, and he's probably, as soon as they got back in the, into the locker room, he was probably, my bad, guys. That's on me. That's just the kind of the player he is. Uh, from Bolt's reports, should John Cooper break up the Gord line and keep Johnson in center? He looked pretty good there tonight. Also, what do we need to do to make sure Varlamov doesn't see the puck as much if he does, he will stop it. Well, there's any goaltender, if they see it, they're going to stop it for sure. Um, but as far as breaking up the Gord line, they've been so good and so consistent. Look, tonight they were the second line. So the matchups are different as a second line compared to a third line. If Braden Point comes back and you get Kalorn back, all of a sudden they're back to being the third line, and I, that's a different situation. I'm... I, I'm not going to break up a line because they had one tough game. You know, I'm I'm just I'm not ready to do that. Uh, and as far as Varlamov, you just got to get inside. It's, it's a lot of what they did, especially in game one, getting inside of that Islanders defense and taking his eyes away. It's it's not, um, it's definitely not any sort of um, mental thing. You know, the look, the Islanders have not. That's what this like this series so far through three games. The Islanders have not played the Islanders' way. Like we talked about the puck possession that the Lightning had tonight. It wasn't from the Islanders giving up possession because they are a team that will give up possession. They'll pack it in, wait for you to turn over the puck, or they'll block a shot, they'll go the other way. That's not how the Islanders have played. The Lightning have not let the Islanders play that way. They have found ways to get inside. They found ways to get pucks and bodies inside of the Islanders' defense. So they've done a good job of that. They just got to get more screens in front of Varlamov um, to kind of make it tougher. And look, I mean, look, Anthony Sorelli had a great chance to tie the game after the Islanders took the lead in the third because he got inside. He got to the paint and he's able to stay there. So they've done a, a pretty decent job. Uh, from Anthony, do you think the league is going to look at the Kucherov slash? Nope, not a chance. Again, it's certainly not a suspension thing. Again, it's not an egregious thing. I think we're overreacting to this uh, on many levels. Um, at worst, it's a fine. Uh, from who dat 9JQ looks like. Uh, why are Islanders fans always angry? I don't know. I don't know. If anybody follows um, our good friend Nick Alberga, who I had on Lightning Lunch quite a few times, I know he's been on with Greg Linelli quite a bit, he likes to rile up Islanders fans. But I don't I don't know why. Like all of a sudden there's they're so 
they react to anything you put out there. I mean, I, I put out a tweet that said lauding Matt Martin for taking runs at guys is a problem with NHL culture turned into Matt. I apparently I called Matt Martin a dirty player. He's never been suspended. Stop with this BS. I didn't anywhere say that Matt Martin was a dirty player. I never even imply that Matt Martin was a dirty player. I said it's a culture problem with with the league, and it turned into I call Matt Martin a dirty player. I, I, I don't know why. Is it because they've had some success here and now you can't criticize them? I don't know. Um, but I've certainly had my fair share of what the um, Islanders fans have had reactions. Uh, and last one here from, uh, love this name, Oki Oglethorpe. Curious how the practice jerseys are broken up by position line combinations in the limited video released of the pregame. I noticed Kucherov in white and point in blue. In my experience, we were, always were broken up to different colors by lines. The way that the Lightning do things, it varies. Like, they don't have line colors. What what they like to do is the defensemen will typically dress in black. And then they'll have the forwards split into two groups of blue and two groups of white. And that's it. So, you know, they can have their six blue forwards down here and their six white forwards down at the other end for drills. That's the way they do that. So there's no line colors. Occasionally, you'll do it in practice. Morning skate, it's always blue-white, and then the defensemen are in black. So that's just the way that they happen to do it with their colors um, and everything else with um, practices and morning skates. So, All right, well, that's going to wrap up this wrap-up of Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Again, the Tampa Bay Lightning fall by a score of 4-3. to The New York Islanders win tonight. They cut the series to 2-1, so the Lightning do still have a 2-1 to series lead here. Again, Game 4 is on Sunday afternoon. It's a 3 p.m. puck drop. Don't forget the post-game podcast to get your questions in. I love that part of the show, so use the hashtag AskEE on Twitter. You can also email me. It's easier to find me on Twitter, but you can also email me. It's eric at lightninginsider.com. Uh, I will get to Every question or as many of the questions as I can uh, as we go through this, but keep them coming. I love it. Don't forget the promo code for SPAC Apparel. It's BOGO2020, B-O-G-O 2020. Uh, actually, let me correct that. It's actually the um, reverse of that. It's 2020 BOGO. So it's 2020 BOGO. Make sure you put that in right. 2020BOGO for buy one, get one free on anything that they have in stock. Okay, so 2020 BOGO at smackapparel.com is where you can find uh, that or take advantage of that discount code. Uh, all right, uh, again, we'll be back with a post game recap after game three, a little bit earlier. We'll hopefully have that up for you in a timely manner uh, so you can listen to it Sunday night or have it ready for your drive to work on Monday morning. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. I'm Eric Rollinson. Check out my website at lightninginsider.com. We'll talk to you again on Sunday. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.